Hi, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you're listening to The Crusading Couch. Alright, today we are going to be talking about <clears throat> some nice pertinent stuff. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about similarities and differences. Semicolon tabletop versus video game RPGs. <clears throat> Which is a topic that I've actually wanted to talk about for a little while now, and uh, we're finally doing it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, uh, well, just a quick forward before we continue. Uh, I'm a bit sick at the moment, so oh, yeah. I may, I may, uh, my voice may make strange noises. Uh, and I, I'm the one that's sick. <laughs> and hacking phlegm. Um, so you know, I'm gonna try not to cough during the recording, but I may need to. So it is entering the season of sickness here in Indeed. the great glorious land that is Australia. Yeah, it is, we are running is, out of time. It is spring. Is spring a season of sickness? Yeah, it is because of the. Was it autumn? It's both because yeah. of changing weather conditions uh, and stuff. That's actually quite a contentious issue. Not the topic of today's crusading couch. Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future we'll talk about the fable that is changing weather conditions and sickness. But that's not the agenda today. Today is the differences between uh, and similarities between tabletop RPGs and uh, video game RPGs or computer game RPGs, whichever term you prefer. I, w- I will probably refer to them as computer RPGs, yeah. even though that by computer I mean electronic. So computer console. That will be the broad umbrella. Handheld. Class. The other thing. Gaming devices. The other thing is we're not going to directly really touch on like differences in budget. Because obviously I don't have a staff of 400 people and thousands of millions of dollars to spend on each session of my tabletop RPG whereas each run of a, ta- of a video game RPG. But it is an important RPG. distinguishing factor. Indeed, but there's not really that much to go into there beyond yeah. what I've just said, so just brought it up at the beginning. Although you know, if I had the money... That'd be nice. Yeah. Anyway, so Kim, what do you think we should kick off with? <coughs> Phlegm, a apparently. Poignant cough. A, po- a, po- a poignant? Poignant. Poignant cough. So, first of all, I, I think that one of the one, one of the things that I really wanted to get your guys' opinion on uh, mostly is actually storytelling devices. So, oh god, we're ready. Come at us. Devices, um, clarify. So, like. In a computer game, you kind of get that story locked in, like a computer RPG. You kind of get that story locked in for you. So oh, you're, I see what you're talking you have about. the main <laughs> quest, so to speak. That you yeah, you have the main quest, but then we can also talk about side quests as well. But then, when you are to- like talking about an RPG kind of setting, I don't know. Is it more difficult to get your as the storyteller, your story across to the players, like, 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 what's the interactive environment, and how do you? Well, so interactively, you have more, in, you have more input from the player in a tabletop RPG, because um, especially if you are capable, if you are good at responding to what your players are giving you, um, you can tune your story as it goes on. Um, 
Yeah, and but you still have your main quest as such. Well, yeah, but I was just talking about the interaction part, which Kim brought up. Um, like, yes, you still interact in an R- <coughs> R- a computer RPG, and you still, depending on the computer RPG, make choices, but you have more variety in the choice you can make in a tabletop RPG, yes. broadly speaking. Is it just because the, 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 there's that nuanced adaption from the storyteller? Like yes. The, so you, the storyteller... Like rather than being a binary choice yeah. between this and that, you've actually got sort of like small adjustments which ba- which allow you, the storyteller to continue on with their predetermined plot, but include yeah. the, some aspects of... I, yeah. I would surmise it as... Player decisions? In uh, tabletop games, you have the ability to take the third option, as it were something not inherently obvious but as a result of your choices in game and the world itself you can provide a solution to the problem that may not have been expected but still works okay so what what happens or what do you think can be lost or gained i'm not quite sure if this is a bad thing but sometimes when you're playing a tabletop rpg a player makes a choice and that choice has no ramifications. There's no consequences for that choice. Whereas basically when you're looking at like a binary choice... Wilfred normally runs political games, so Wilfred's scoff there is like, there's always consequences. There is always consequences. I mean, I agree. There's. I mean, you can normally find a consequence, but I think the thing that you're... that, Kim, you're pointing out is that Sure, there's going to be consequences, but they may not be particularly important to the yeah. story. If you mapped out the whole thing, mm. I don't think, aside from Billy's overthought political drama <laughs> games... I mean, they're uh, overthought, appara- they're overthought in a good way. Yeah, they're overthought in a good way. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually now, I actually now want to play in one of these because it sounds really fun. Um, but uh, you couldn't map the consequence back to the choice or could you so the consequence would be inconsequential is that what you're saying yeah well if it's an important story choice then then yeah it is and if it's not it i mean there's going to be some kind of consequence it may not be as negative as the ramifications of the other ones that the storyteller prevent presented um but they'll still be there and if it's not an important story choice then like who cares if there's no consequences? It doesn't really matter. Okay, fair enough. You know, if you're like, ooh, where, are the, where would you like to eat today, players? And you suggest a bunch of restaurants, then they're like, oh, can there be this kind of restaurant? And they go there. Like, there doesn't need to be a consequence to that. No. Um, in which case, like... Yeah, I can actually think of a really petty scenario developing there. (laughs) Players devolve into infighting because someone wanted kebabs and someone else wanted fish and chips. Well, that was actually a point I was going to bring up. Well, that'd be an interesting story. Freedom of... uh, More freedom of choice, as it were, in that that and tabletop companies are often a multiplayer experience uh, when you have players disagreeing or... One player is pushing for a stupid choice in the eyes I of the other players. I cannot think of a single computer game where the main character, I do the bunny ears, the main character has been having a an argument with an NPC about where to eat. 
No, but I've, I'm sure I've done it in a in a tabletop. Yeah, which actually brings me to an interesting point. Like, what? So, like, well, I just wanted to say one no. more thing about your okay, storyline sure. yeah, thing, yeah, yep. directly related to that. I think Billy was about to touch on this as well, but I may be wrong. A, you have, it is easier to tell a streamlined story in a computer RPG by the by the natural limitations of the system because you have to box this item up and ship it off and it has to be the and the game ha you can only think of so many things to encode into your game it has to be more streamlined than a than a tabletop scenario and so because they know they can't do the everything uh you know options for their you know dialogue or story choices or whatever they're forced to do streamlined uh, whereas in a tabletop RPG, often uh, you can shoot off in weird. You can end up in sprawling <coughs> stories that are not necessarily um, that strong a narrative. That is a point I wanted to mention in the video games with the more uh, straightforward, linear stories uh, have an ending planned. Where uh, I think we've talked about this before. Indeed, I think that some games suffer from that more creative freedom in not having a uh, set ending or exceeding that ending and continuing. Yeah. yeah okay. Which is all I'll say. On that. Anyway, you were going to say something. Yes. Oh, I've got many things to say, but so that, 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 that sprawl off that. But uh, the first thing I was going to say is that in the example that I gave, we were dealing with a single player, like. There's no... Computer-based RPGs are primarily a single-player game, are they not? Like, yeah. you yes. play, you are in control of the main character, and you are interacting with a pre-built, pre-designed, uh, pre-ordained... That's not the right word. Pre-arranged? Pre-arranged, thank you, world. A little less... <laughs> divine... <laughs> Who knows? Let's not judge. Right. So, do you think that that helps with the linear with the linear story? The fact yeah. that you're yeah, dealing indeed. with one person making choices. Definitely. Yeah. When 100%. you don't have to, when you're not forced to focus on, um, when you're not forced to try and include multiple um, main characters uh, into, when you have a single protagonist, rather is a better way of phrasing that. Uh, it assists in the linear storyline. Um, and even when uh, you expand that, like for instance, the um, Star Wars MMO, um, Old Republic, when that, um, when you go through a scene that you can do solo and you do your voice uh, stuff and then you go, th uh, your voice, your dialogue rather tree, and then you come back and you do that later with like a group of people. The dialogue is not any different. It is exactly the same, except that the character you see on screen flickers between the two, and the other one is standing in the background. Um, so, like, even in video games, when you expand that to include multiple player characters, it is still the exact same streamlined thing, because they're still really only considering, like, one pl uh, a single player, and then se uh, multiplayer is uh, like a, an afterthought almost. And that's in an MMO too. 
Although it works, like it's not any weaker storytelling, but it is an interesting observation nonetheless. Yeah, right. I don't know. Are there any that... examples of? Does anyone have any RPGs? examples of multiplayer uh, uh, video game RPGs that actually work in a multiplayer format? No. I mean, I can, but like the story isn't any stronger or weaker because of it. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, tabletop RPGs actually get, depending on the type of game you're running, get really difficult. Like, even even if you only have one player in a tabletop RPG, there's still actually two people playing the game. Um, except for a few... Uh, a few, like, edgeline cases. Like, I've read um, comments before on online things about... Some people that used to read like D and D um, pre-printed adventure paths and stuff, and would read them like choose-your-own-adventure novels. Huh. So they'd be their own GM and the and the only player. I mean, it should probably speak for how strong well, sometimes tabletop you, games yeah. are for multiplayer. That I had never even considered having a one-player game until Raymond mentioned it, and that's for one storyteller and one player. Like it's an alien. It's not what. You the games are for, for me at least. Yeah. They're um, there to play in a group. Yeah, you certainly... It's uncommon, but you, you can see it. I don't think... You'd lose so much of the experience. Well, you'd lose this, the what we think of as the experience. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, tabletop RPGs are inherently more social than uh, computer RPGs um, ex because of the fact that you don't... You can't normally you can't play them the way they're intended to be played uh with less than two people and even then two is not ideal you're really going to be looking for three at the minimum a gm and two players uh normally you're looking at between three and five with like seven being the upper limit and i wouldn't go past five personally <laughs> Mm. Um, and because of that, they are, in, they, you know, they're more social. And that's actually some of the reason why you might normally think that somebody that enjoys computer RPGs or tabletop RPGs will enjoy the vice versa. And that's not always the case. Some people that enjoy the computer RPGs aren't really... They, they find the social aspects of a tabletop RPG a little confronting. It's hard for them to deal with all the communication that needs to go on um, and even beyond that just the acting aspect of tabletop RPGs can be difficult for people even people that enjoy it can have trouble portraying their character so you as a performance for the other players you think that sometimes that that, that, that the predetermined choices conversation arcs those kinds of things that inherently come with a computer-based RPG. That's an interesting thought. Um, Ooh. Uh, are appealing. Yes. To, well, yeah, a lot of the things that are to, yeah to to some people. It's more like picking off a, a menu rather than. Uh, I mean, I I will point personally. I also find a lot of it depends on mood. Sometimes I really enjoy sitting down. Uh, playing a computer RPG, entering a world that has been pre-created, pre-designed, just getting right into it and just trawling through, following that linear story. 
Uh, whereas sometimes I prefer the freedom uh, and more variety and versatility that I find tabletop games tend to offer. Yeah, there's different levels of time investment and different kinds of yeah. time invest uh, en energy investment that go into a tabletop RPG versus a computer RPG. Mm -hmm. Like, you might actually spend more time playing a computer RPG depending on like what it is. Like, there are people that are still playing Skyrim on the one playthrough. Like, they just log in and play it for a few hours or whatever. Just ride around killing bandits or whatever. You know, they'll end up logging heaps of hours. But it is not as intensely creative a process, which isn't a bad thing. Um, so, you don't have to invest the same sort of energy. It's sort of a lean back and just sort of go through the motions kind of a thing. Um, so, like, uh, yeah. So, you might spend more time in a video game... Mm -hmm but you are not you don't have to work as hard at playing a video game yeah, normally agree. whereas I really enjoy like, table RPGs but I do tend to find them quite draining oh yeah totally like, it's, you don't it's hard to maintain yeah. the, uh, the the character of yeah. the character that you're playing for yeah. five hours yeah, at so, time or something like that and that's constantly going what would blah 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 do because it's like if you're playing as Commander Shepard you, you just need to look at the the screen and go I'm playing yes. the good Shep yeah. I'm playing the bad Shep I'm playing, I'm playing the I'm playing I just want to get to the next combat phase <laughs> yeah. I'm playing the Shepard that'll do anything to win which means I'm normally going to pick Paragon choices but I'll probably pick the odd Renegade as well but it's not like as intricate as like I'm playing a spy that works for two that is a double agent for two agencies and like but I'm also was like a refugee and also I think this other play is onto me but maybe I and don't I'm, know. I also like one of my cover identities is a healthcare professional so I've also got to like be thinking about my patients so and do you shit. think that out of like if we were regarding like a single role-playing game, not one that's involved in Continue. a, um, not one that's involved in it, not one that's involved in a series that, uh, where was this going? <laughs> Something about thinking of a game. That reminds me of the game. What game? What game with power. power. What power? You're talking anyway. about like you're trying to distill something about a generic game, but you didn't really get there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. So if, so if you're just playing like a game that's one-off, it's not part of a series or anything like that. Do you think that the main character and maybe even the world itself or the NPCs that inhabit it lack backstory? Do you mean a video game? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's what that's what that's what I mean. No, so, like no. even you no. even you came up with a really good backstory for your character from the from the recent birthday eclipse phase special. Yeah, even though some of that backstory actually didn't come out, but it, but never used my journalism skill. No, no, never never used your journalism skill. But the character idea was still there, and we all knew about it because we talked to you about it. So that uh, the like the out of game. 
I think the thing that you're getting at, like, about do computer game RPGs have, like, more developed NPCs, uh, less developed NPCs or whatever. Yeah. I don't think that's inherently true of the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but the level at which you choose to engage with a tabletop, uh, with a computer RPG, sorry, mm-hmm. um, is a lot more self-determined. Like, I never read books in Elder Scrolls games. I do not log in to play a video game to read walls of text. It's just not where I find my enjoyment. Um, Or you have the option of taking how many conversational levels you descend with some NPCs. Yeah. Which will net you off the nothing you need to complete the game but background information on that So like if you're in the the difference between a person who reads the codex codex entries in Mass Effect and a person who doesn't. I did read most of the codex entries. In the later games did you like read the descriptions of each of the planets that you were mining for resources or something? There are only like one or two sentences right? Oh some of them are quite long if they're an inhabited planet. It depends I'm sure I read some of them. Ah okay because they're quite interesting. You've got to do something while you're mining them, I guess. Scanning with that fucking thing. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also the person who talks to the crewmates and selects every dialogue option as opposed to the person who would just talk to them and select dialogue option for personal quest. Yeah, right. There are some people that even, like, they know that they want to romance a character in a game, but they don't want to spend heaps of time talking to them. So they'll go and, like, look up the tree they need to take. So Which is, like, you know, whatever. I mean, I look up monster guides if I'm having difficulty killing a monster. It's no different, really. It's yeah. just but your I guess motivation. I guess we started in romance and video games. There's some strange, strange... It's just your goal that, yeah, people that want to change Dorian in oh, Inquisitor to bisexual so that they can romance him. It's like, oh, yeah, that's really, really horrible thing to try and do like you would try and do that to a person which is hilarious because his whole arc is about anyway there's, yeah. a strange, there's a strange cadence um yeah i almost coughed in the middle of my <laughs> anyway uh right that was potentially going somewhere <laughs> i am losing track of yeah. things of i was so pumped for this yesterday and you keep losing track of everything of my fucking arcs tonight all right um so earlier, this is this is a thought that I had earlier tonight. Earlier, we were talking about contribution of players back into the story. Yes. Um, and we were saying that that happens <coughs> basically instantly in role-playing games, and that can actually be like the consequences of that may be far in the future. So like yeah. the, like the the outcome of that input doesn't occur until later. Yeah. If we're talking about outcomes from input doesn't occur until later, what about modding communities? Well, that's an, well, that's an interesting so idea. So people actually mm-hmm. go through and they play mm-hmm. a vanilla computer RPG and they say, do you know what would make this awesome? This. This, this game needs these things. And then there's people with the know-how that go out there and they make those things and reintroduce them back into the game for everybody to utilise. And so the game is no longer a defined set of ideas 
by the developers, mm. packaged into a box and then shipped out, is actually do you, it, does it become organic? I am. It helps to add to the organic. I think that I think that it becomes organic. But it certainly adds more to the game, and it's you bring up an interesting point in that it brings it beyond the yeah. defined box that is, the developer intends. Is that their feedback? Which is well, yeah. How much they're, they're, does they're modding actually change a game, though? Because I would argue well, yeah, that modding was... just augments certain facets. Well, I was going to say about like adding a new weapon or something like that. Sometimes they well, add an entirely new quest line. Well, that was what I was going to bring up. So normally, modding normally, from yeah. what I've seen, adds in aesthetic differences, which is what Will also thought of first. Yes, but that is not always the case. There is a there's a mod for Skyrim that changes it to a completely different world and setting and quest like it's it's like a comparable size game to the original version of the game uh yeah. and introduces i think new races i can't remember the name of it but it's like set in a trop it's got a tropical setting it's mm, like okay. a northern africa there are, which point are you still playing skyrim well you're still playing you're still there's playing a better there's a better example that i have yeah, oh, yeah. which is actually in morrowind a third elder scrolls yep. game mm. where in morrowind there are vampires and those vampires are hunted essentially all vampires in the elder scrolls universe are hunted everywhere practically except in certain areas and this is one of those areas they introduced a city underneath Balmora that you could teleport to if you went and talked to a specific dude and that was where a that was a place where vampires and Hugh and, and, and the rest of the races of the Elder Scrolls actually lived in harmony and there was an entire quest arc so they've built an entirely new place to go to in that game with a, like a main quest of its own within that region, but the rest of the game still exists around that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I do have an interesting counterpoint to the thing that Billy said though. Of, yeah. Are you still playing Skyrim? Let me put it to you this way. How often have you played in the actual setting universe of Pathfinder? Yeah, but I would also counter that with Pathfinder is designed to be... That is not made specifically for that world. That world is made as a base that you can use if you have nothing else you well, want to do with yeah, it. Well, yeah, that's a fair point, but my I point... I would argue those are two different... I don't see them as that different. It's, it's, it's in that instance, Skyrim becomes a system uh, that you are using to display a different game. So it's a different... It's a different world, just like we often use our tabletop RPG systems to, to portray different worlds. My point was not like to win an argument, it was just to bring up that thought process of we, we think of the distinctions between video game worlds differently, video game RPG worlds differently to the way we think about um, the divisions between tabletop RPG worlds, where less we're less uh, afraid of remixing uh, the RPG, uh, tabletop RPG settings and systems to suit our own desires because of the fact that it is, arguably rather, because of the fact that it is an inherently creative medium. So okay. does that mean that the setting of a tabletop RPG is less important than the setting of a computer-based RPG? No. Or is that just a cultural conception? 
I mean, everything can be argued is a cultural concession. I would argue the setting is more malleable, um, but... But you're saying that you can take the Pathfinder system out of part like you can take yeah. the pathfinder setting out of pathfinder can't but it's remember still the name for the but, pathfinder but, setting Warren, i think Maybe. yeah you can take the pathfinder setting out of pathfinder which every time i think of an idea that i want to run in pathfinder i'm doing <laughs> that wholeheartedly Skyrim. because my world's better um <laughs> oh shot shooted um Go on. That's, but that's like a, a point of its own to revisit <laughs> later. You were um, in the middle of a point. But uh, you can't take the setting of Skyrim out of Skyrim and it's still Skyrim? I mean, well... So, basically... I mean, this is a, potentially a semantic argument where I'm just yeah. talking about labelling, but so pick up where I'm going with settings. There's a good point to what you're saying. I guess the difference is with... The, the Pathfinder example, for instance. Yeah. The system is made and the system is put out there and people can do what they wish, but they have also provided a base setting uh, that is there that can be used if you wish. Mm-hmm. Where Skyrim is, the game is there, that is done, finalised, and afterwards someone has gone, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had this little offshoot? It's coming at it from two different directions, if that makes sense. It's an interesting point. Like, did it- Pathfinder isn't a universal is fantasy system, but it is really close to being designed for that. Like, I've never met a person in the meat space that runs standard setting, default setting Pathfinder. I've met a few people that run default setting D&D, like they run D&D encounters or whatever. But, um... Yeah, you normally use Pathfinder to change it up, but um, you don't normally take tabletop uh, computer RPGs and switch them around. But I mean, I, s- I see Billy's point of they they are they are designed for different purposes, which is a th- thread of conversation we've brought up before on the podcast. How different games have different intentions and yeah. things like that. Well, I think that if you look at it at a deeper level, then when you look at the construction of a computer system then they have taken a universal physics engine from somewhere which is used in a whole bunch of other games they've actually gone through and they've used a universal leveling up system that is used yeah. in a whole bunch of different games Wish and, I could that, remember the, um, and all of those individual components come together to compile what you are saying is the system of Skyrim and but what really makes Skyrim is the it, it, uh, what I was getting was that you were saying that the system is inherently tied to the setting in a in a computer RPG or that 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 is the intention, but that that system I think is still an isolatable. That's not a word, but you can know. What isolatable I mean. is a word. I don't think so. Um, we've had this use. argument before, and I won. Oh shit, you did. Um, isolatable. Like I, I think I think that the system of Skyrim is an isolatable device that you can then transfer to other settings. I think that the the, the setting I, I agree system... With, I agree with Kim, but I do see Billy's point yeah. of it is not its Is as equally as malleable games. as that for tabletop games if you know what you're doing with code and such. Like, if you have the, yeah. the know-how yeah. and, with and that the, point the, actually, the, the, the know-how with the tools. That, that point, a similar point stands for tabletop RPGs too. Like, some systems are... Some systems systems for tabletop RPGs and some 
uh, video games as well are easier to change into different kinds of games others and apply different settings and worlds yeah. to than others so like you can turn pathfinder into way of kings the rpg although that's ambitious um just like you can turn uh, R RPG Maker the game into uh, Way of Kings the RPG. Uh, but it's hard to turn Eclipse Phase into anything but Eclipse Phase and Mass Effect into anything but Mass Effect. As giving you examples from both video games and RPGs. Yeah, 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 part okay. of the reason that I'm sort of opposing this as well is my own bias in that uh, to me uh, I really like having particularly computer games is just nothing I don't really need to change or shimmy or adjust anything about the world it's there I can jump into it I can explore it in all its detail and glory enjoy it play it finish it yeah, it's an interesting point in that the like ways that, that's something that you never say about a tabletop exactly. game. Exactly, you never say yeah. I finished it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Although you say the campaign ended. Yeah, or we. Sometimes you might say we finished the adventure or we finished the campaign, the but you never say I finished the game. Yeah. By night, you never say I finished the game. Yeah, which is an interest. Yeah, an interesting distinction. Although it does bring me bring us to some other things and. Um, I, I wanted to talk about replay um, value and the ways in which we tend to think of um, computer RPGs uh, as having replay value. Like, you know, you can go through Mass Effect and play... Play entirely Paragon and then you can do it and then play entirely Renegade or you can... What was the one I said earlier? Um, or it might... Whatever it takes. Or, whatever. or it might yeah. just feel like... You know, a year down the track, hell, I really enjoyed that game. I'm going to play it again. And but you're going to play it exactly the same yeah. way. I've done that with The Witcher 3. No, not The Witcher 3. I was going to say, you I, just I, got The Witcher yeah, 3. Yeah, I've done it with The Witcher 1 three times, is what I was going to say. I've played it through twice on normal difficulty and once on hard. And pretty much you made the same story And pretty much I made them the same story choices because, one, because I personally agree <laughs> with the moral choices that Geralt was making in those instances and secondly because the moral choices that Geralt makes in those instances is the way that you don't feel like you could have that, that, that spoilers it's been out for a few years just saying I'm pretty sure Billy hasn't played it I'm right. actually playing through it but I'm not yeah. that fast in this instance yeah I know I'm just gonna say that like if you don't make those choices that would align with the, the, the choices that I made then you end up being like ah back the wrong side later in the game because there's no way you to have not that. spoiled it because you kept Indeed. being really vague well I didn't know that Billy was playing through it right now it's, it's, I would have <laughs> spoiled it for his cherry eyes. You would have said if you, you would have used I the name Scoyatel or the name Flaming Rose uh, if Billy hadn't interjected. Yeah, I would yes. have said that exactly. Yes. Thank you, Randy. But that's yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting point. But how many of you have replayed the same RPG campaign? None. I've never played the same RPG. Nor would campaign. I wish to. 
Nor Why? Would, nor would you wish to, which is an Indeed. interesting Because it would point. hold... It just wouldn't really hold any appeal to me. There's so many stories out there and so many ideas. But what if you try... Okay, oh, oh. I really Whoa. wish that I had my computer closer to me because I'd really love to go to the RPG games tab on Steam and bring up how many RPG games are there. Yeah, but I, I realize know. I realise they're different, but I just wanted to make that comparison. Like, I'm not arguing that you shouldn't replay RPG games, video games, but it is interesting to point out like we're not, we don't want to relive the same. So is that tabletop? And you have to remember as well. I come to this where I play computer games to relax, mm. whereas I play tabletop RPG games more often not to have fun but also to challenge myself. Okay, oh, that's an interesting point. Okay, so like, and well, uh, we seem to be using Elder Scrolls a lot. That's fine. We thought we were going to use Arcadum Quest. Well, Elder Scroll works. Yeah, many people are familiar with it. It's one of the iconic. Yeah. yeah. So you can play through as a heavy armor-wearing, double-handed, sword-bearing Nord, or you can play through as a magic-using, robe-wearing High Elf. You can make a bunch of aesthetic why, why, choices. Apart from the two reasons why you play those two different types of games, what what's the fundamental difference in, in playing through the same same set of scenarios, but just as a different character? As in what makes it different? Yeah. In some cases, very little, which is part of the... I really enjoyed it the first time, uh, and I just wish to uh, relive that enjoyment. Okay, so you can totally relive the enjoyment of playing through a game that we've all played together that is tabletop. Arcanum Quest? All Mass Effect? A, game? a campaign, did you say? Yeah, so? yeah. Arcanum Quest? I could learn to re-love Arcanum Quest. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play Arcanum, the, like, the Arcanum Quest tabletop again. I really enjoyed it as yeah. it was going, but I'm just like, okay, I've played that, it's, I enjoyed it, but, you know, just it's, for, it's not for me. Just for clarification, Arcanum Quest is, is potentially particularly pertinent for tonight's discussion, because that was where I took the World of Darkness... What? System system but use for tabletop RPGs yeah that well, I used a particular variant of it that I used like the character sheets out of the mirrors book yeah but that, that, like that just that. that's just changing the way you lay out the character you okay. can change any of the mechanics anyway so the yeah I took the world of darkness the new world of darkness uh, tabletop edition RP 1 edition 1 ta tabletop <laughs> RPG system and tried to run Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura which is a computer based RPG game, re RPG released by Sierra. I don't think you really need to point out who the game is released by. And people have enough information to look it up. Troika Entertainment. Troika Games. Troika Games in the early two thousands. Um, <laughs> just a bit, and you can listen to that on the Insert Quest here website. Can and should. Yes. You know, it's worth checking out. Somebody actually recently listened to that oh, on yeah. our thing. It showed me on SoundCloud earlier. Cool. Anyway, yeah, there's some. That's an interesting case because, like, there were some things that worked well in that game uh, in the tabletop RPG that we did of Arcanum. Yeah, and I tried to use predetermined plot with live players. That is. Fascinating. It is not the worst. We certainly thing we discovered did. that it works far better for some players than for others. Yeah, it was. 
really... I put more research into that game than I, ha I had to replay. This is the amount of reason, this is the amount of effort I put into it. I replayed Arcanum, the computer game, and took screenshots and saved them into PowerPoint presentations of every single main quest dialogue that you have during that game. I bet if you wanted to, you could have actually done a Google search and found scripts. Probably, but mm. that's what I also had to play through it to remind myself. Yeah, no, it's just that I just thought of it then that you probably could have downloaded. No, it's like not the script. first time someone su 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 suggested yeah. that to me. Anyway, the point is, is that that kind of dialogue does not work very well. Choice tree dialogue doesn't work when you're trying to because I thought that the kinds of questions that you should be asking of these particular characters well, was obvious. inherently obvious and it's but inherently, they're inherently not. obvious because you've seen them yeah that's also, why you think yeah that. but also at the same time it re it made me realize that i because i was using someone else's setting didn't have the inherent knowledge that i needed mm. of the npcs in order to know how they would respond to these curveball questions that the players were putting to me yeah, or at the very least, you didn't feel you had enough knowledge. I'm sure that if you weren't trying to rely on the dialogue, yeah. you probably would have found it. Was it was an interesting easier. experiment, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It really was. Yeah, indeed. It yeah. is... There are some nice moments in it. I mean, there, there was a thing that I wanted to talk about on the replayability. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It, we we should have mentioned Arcanum. I kind of derailed that a little bit. I wanted to mention on the replay value... Um, particularly because I, uh, Kim's reaction to Billy's reaction, which I didn't expect you to be like, you wouldn't replay a campaign. So, well, I, no, not that he wouldn't replay a campaign. I just think that it. I, I, I'm I'm surprised that he wouldn't consider replaying a campaign anyway. Anyway, so something that you guys might find interesting is that there are people that used to and still do play the same scenarios. Over and over and over and over again. It sounds really unappealing to me. I know it sounds unappealing to you, which is why I find it interesting. I don't particularly want to do that kind of stuff either. So what do they hope to gain from this? So, uh, one of the way it's the ex it's interesting in that it's pretty much the exact same reason most people replay Bioware games to take the All different the options to take the different flowchart basically so there's the difference between playing playing paragon and playing renegade yeah except with a lot more variety because it's an rpg yeah uh, a tabletop rather rpg um but yeah it's pretty much the same reason like you replay these same modules over and over again uh to get a different sense of as them. the same characters not always but sometimes um another thing that is interesting um is that some people will run uh, the same campaign, uh, normally like it's a pre-made campaign or something, multiple times, um, not normally right after one another, but definitely they will run it again. Um, Ross Payton of Roleplaying Public Radio is currently doing a recording of the Masks of Nihilothotep campaign, which is like this really famous campaign for Call of Cthulhu, I believe. It's like one of the most famous campaigns around although I'm not surprised if neither of you have ever heard of it no. um, it's I heard of it because we were talking about this the other day yeah. in preparation for um, this so podcast. Ross actually ran that a few years ago um, 
and he's running it again for new players. Um, and uh, the thing that I found interesting about that is that you can bring, uh, from just from a GM perspective, is that you can, by revisiting a campaign, you can bring, like, your new experience to that. Like, you know more about storytelling now and things like that. But even if it was the same players and the same GM, you could still do different characters and make different choices because that particular campaign is very sandboxy. You could, like, start... You could start off by going to Egypt first this time rather than going to Shanghai or whatever. And you get to experience the story in different ways, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. I, I am just personally I... particularly intrigued by the idea of replaying a campaign for different players. Yeah, I like, think that's that, something I, I could get behind. I, th- I think that that would be seriously new. I yeah. would be interested in experiencing that as a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with Kim there. As a, sto- as a storyteller, I would be much less opposed to and actually probably quite interested in playing the same game for a different group of people. But to do that with the same storyteller and the same players holds zero interest to me yeah, fair whatsoever. But yeah, I just that was just something that I wanted to make you guys aware of because I know that you guys are not aware of that stuff as much as I am. So Anyway. So yeah. Well, something that something that I thought of in the first instance like in the <laughs> we're first doing so much jumping around on this one but I think it's still good yeah it's something that I actually thought of when we were first talking like when we were first introducing this idea way back 40 minutes ago um, <laughs> oh I thought you meant like a couple yeah. of weeks ago when, no. when you first pitched it to us <laughs> no is that you were to, is that we were talking <laughs> about how people interact with their different games mm-hmm. and how our, like RP like tabletop RPG campaigns are divided into sessions. But a computer RPG is divided, sometimes not divided into sessions at all, and is usually divided into the session, into sessions that is arbitrarily determined by the player. I was, yeah, I was going to point yeah. out, you could argue that um, sessions are... And what effect that has on just the way that those games are experienced. Yeah, I mean... Some, I know that some RPGs have acts, like The Witcher has acts, I think. I don't know if they call them acts per se. No, they do, don't they? No, they do. Then when you change settings, like when you go from the yeah, outskirts to the temple yeah. quarter, it's a change in act. Not yeah. to mention that you can resume your play of a computer game at virtually any time it's decided upon by you, whereas resume, having a new session for tabletop requires you to actually gather people. They're often organised to say... Are on you a consistent as a, basis? Are you it's as a, normally at least a week yeah. between games. Are you as immersed? I would argue... You're immersed in different ways. Yeah, if I had to definitively answer, I would say I find computer games more immersive. Hmm. But Raymond is correct. There are different ways. And if I had to provide a one or the other, I would go computer games. Do you think that that is pure... Why? Tell me. I have a number, uh, of, I have a number be, of suspicions. I, I, would, I would suspect it would be sensory reasons. Yeah, that's what I think. There are also others. But yes, there are sensories, I find. And the fact that you're actually seeing the world in front of you, you're yeah, hearing the dialogue. The it has music and other sort of like ambient sound effects that you... But, like, we will tell you that the wind's blowing, but in the game you actually hear the wind blowing. 
And it's, and all, it's all true, but I also find that uh, there might be less immersion for tabletops because of the social element. Yeah, uh, Kim and I were actually talking about this recently, but that's more... The thing that I want to say to you is not, like, useful to our listeners, so I'll mention it in epilogues. I find that um, just the, the social nature uh, of RPGs, uh, the fact you have a large group of people can sometimes prevent immersion. You might have be in the middle of a, a battle in a tabletop game and then uh, a few people start joking about uh, something in a completely reasonable way uh, or it might be just conversational tracks. I think that the control that I have over my cho- my character's choices in a tabletop RPG environment and also the designated timing of that actually make it more immersive because you can come home by yourself in a really weird headspace after a bad day at work or something like that and play your yeah, computer you RPG and you just kind of like go through the motions. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. And you can actually go through the motions of what your um, character's doing without actually really engaging with the environment that the character that you control uh, is in. Yeah. I certainly... my, My tabletop RPG characters have a life beyond the games around the table. I spend a lot of time thinking, you know, doing scenes that wouldn't fit into an RPG by the, you know, the fact that it's a group endeavour. Mm. I do a lot of time thinking about like, oh, well, maybe my character's like yeah. having an argument with their uh, brother or something. Um, you know, I, I, I cannot uh, fathom how many times I have taken showers as my Eclipse Phase characters... Do that heaps. <coughs> That's massive. But I'm um, specifically referring to. And there's one more important point. Sorry. I never, is, I never do that for my Skyrim character. Um, is that also mood? So I play when I play computer games. It's because I want to, and I'm in the mood, and I'm keen. Sometimes due to the scheduling nature of RPGs, if yeah. I had a, a shitty day, or if I'm really tired of whatever it is, sometimes. I'm not like I want this to end, but I'm not really in the right headspace, which also yeah, affects I'm that. I'm really much. good at overcoming that. No, I totally, understand. I totally understand what you're talking Depends about there, but it. we talked about that in a previous podcast to do with yeah, player, yeah, yeah. player issues and how to resolve yeah. them and all that kind of but stuff. This, I will say quickly, that's not uh, even the extreme we talked about. It's just the if you're sort of struggling to get the enthusiasm yeah, not necessarily I, not yeah I totally know I understand what you yeah. mean by the scheduled eventuality but yeah, okay. I'm saying that the specific scenarios that I was talking about is my interactions between Raymond as Felicity and me as Curtis Fraser in a cops phase god I love that game those are some of the times where me as a person actually felt genuinely emotional for the situation that my character was in with an NPC that he was interacting with. Like, I 
felt the realness of the argument that those two characters were having about their children and I don't I actually th- enjoy role playing I, Felicity it's kind of I fun for me I don't think that you get that I I have never achieved the same actually is that true I cried when Master Chief and Cortana touched in Halo 4. I thought you were going to say I cried when Tris Marigold (laughs) took off her blouse, so... Uh, And I did have a boyhood obsession with Tris Marigold, (laughs) and I cried when Morden died. I teased him about his crush. I've never found that to be that impactful for Morden, but that's another conversation. Yeah, And I do get that you have those in tabletop games, and I have had similar moments myself, but they are not consistent, shall we yeah, say. Okay. It so depends I'm, entirely I'm, on the game, the yeah. person, the elements. I think that a cop's phase may be unique potentially for the rest of my life in the in the way in which we have come to decide to run that game and actually mm. be part of that game. But I think that that's where tabletop games can can in those moments can actually achieve emotional immersion. Yes, I agree. Emotion. No, I'm not going to time word meld it. Emotional immersion, which is something that I don't. Portmanteau? Is that the term? That's the word. Um, uh, It's something that I don't. I personally don't experience and I don't see experienced by other people in computer computer RPGs as much in those moments. So, yes, maybe. And I, I I agree with you in terms of consistent world immersion so mm. I guess like intellectual immersion they yeah, are yeah that's an interesting way of phrasing they're, more they're, biased they're, towards they're, 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 they're probably better at that but in terms of emotional immersion I think that the acting aspect of that, you, that, that in order to get a, what I think to be a really good tabletop RPG experience makes that to be more emotionally immersive okay. intellectual immersion is an interesting concept um, that sort of immersion in a video game, in a computer, in a tabletop, fuck me, in a tabletop RPG really comes down to how much um, your storyteller has, uh, well, doesn't And just also your other players. And also the other well. players. But I was going to point out, like, a lot of, that sometimes comes down to primarily, um, depending on the game, how much your storyteller has internalised the knowledge of the setting. I was listening to an actual play uh, recently, where somebody described was um, it was set on a scum barge in Eclipse Phase, and a person was describing a the culture and the and the the way a scum barge operated in a way that was completely disconnected from the way I understood it, and I could I got sort of got the feeling that they perhaps hadn't engaged as much with that part of the setting as I had. I don't know, it just came to my mind then uh, with the intellectual Well, I guess that that comes thing. across as a problem. Whereas you get more consistency yeah. in a tabletop RPG. Uh, in a computer RPG. Damn. My God, I'm, sir. I'm quite sick. Give me a break. I guess that that uh, is, uh, relates back to the point that I made about Arcanum Quest. Um before when I was talking about that I was trying to portray NPCs that only had the computer underst- the computer RPG based understanding of and when I tried mm-hmm. to translate that into a tabletop mm-hmm. RPG setting my players were investigating aspects of those NPCs that as far as I were aware were never ever 
fleshed out, rounded out, yeah. don't exist because of the flowchart slash tree-like conversation arcs and plot arcs that you mm. get in computer-based RPGs. Yeah, I Which think... are really good for some things. Mm. Linear storytelling, world immersion, but are less good for uh, creative flexibility and mm. uh, emotional immersion. Hmm. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was... Um, Linear storytelling? No, technical skill. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. that's a very good point. That is an excellent point. Because so, technical skill depends how you are defining technical skill. <laughs> because just give me a break. Just give me, give me a second. I'm really sad that the listeners cannot see both mine and Kim's expression. Then oh. You keep bringing that up. Every I, time we record something. They're missing out. What the hell, man? Okay, give me a second. So when you, you say technical, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> when that. you say technical skill, yes, I assume what you're talking about is how if you're bad at you know controlling the uh, mouse or whatever on a on a in a computer game, then you c- it's going to be really hard to like progress. Like if it's a first person RPG or whatever, um, it's going to be hard to uh, yeah, like, shoot. Well, like, I mean, like like using the dodge skill at the right time. But if you're yeah, bad. If you're bad at thinking quickly, uh, if you're bad at uh, communicating with other people, if you consider those, if you uh, include those into technical skill in the terms of uh, they are technical, they are required for a game, then you're going to be bad at, or not as good at, tabletop RPGs because yeah. if you're bad at communicating then your GM isn't going to be able to which is interesting because well, you can compensate to a degree in computer games by lowering the setting to the easiest possible which can it's hard to lower the setting in an RPG indeed because you've got multiple especially, players especially yeah oh wow also yeah, consider you can adjust difficulty yeah. in a tabletop RPG it's totally possible yeah. but some people like challenge in a tabletop RPG. Billy even mentioned challenge earlier. <laughs> you do. Although normally when what? I think of challenge oh, in a tabletop true. RPG, I'm actually thinking of acting challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I was also thinking about in terms of technical skill, uh, the actual Kim construction say, of yep, your character. Yep, nailed it. So how oh, you yeah. are able to yeah. I do not want to use this phrase, but I'm going to play the system because I'm in playing, order to build yeah. the best, build the best character that you can, the one that is yeah. mechanically optimized. Yeah, it's you know how I, w- I really want to get good at uh, armory in Skyrim, so I need to make like ten thousand iron daggers because they're the most cost-effective way of leveling it. But also, <laughs> like the type being, how much uh, if you have the insight to make a character for a tabletop RPG that excels at what you want it to. Making a hacker but forgetting to buy like one of the three really important hacking skills in the RPG. I've been game with a moment where there's a a character designed to fight who can do an obscene amount of damage. Does that that, that really like uh, but building a character like that I mean you select Skills That's from more system mastery than anything. You, you, you yeah. select skills from trees in yeah. uh, computer-based RPGs as well. So, does that th- is that an appropriate? Okay. I've never gotten past like the first equivalent mi- mission or level or whatever in um, the original Deus Ex game, 
but I, my understanding is that had a really in-depth leveling, um, leveling up system. <coughs> so the leveling system might be, or the character creation might be constant. We think between the two, so to speak. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Whereas the yeah. skill in actual ability uh, versus the communication are what differentiates here. Yeah, in a way. Um, so but your, yeah, I, your, I, your pressing of the WASD keys is the equivalent of being able to think on your feet quickly yeah. in a dialogue situation. Both Computer both, versus tabletop. Yeah, both video game and tabletop RPGs require quick thinking, but they also requ- they also have a lot of other things that they require of us um, that differentiate between the two. Mm. Um, like... A lot of tabletop, a lot of computer RPGs, even though they require quick reflexes, you can get around it by like pausing the game, yeah, um, or you know just exit going to the menu because most games don't continue while you're in menu unless you're like in an MMO. Yeah. An actual interesting thing that I know about The Witcher Three, but I haven't played it, is the fact that it um, just relates to time-based things, but in terms of choices. Uh, actually includes a you have to make a certain choice within a certain amount of time and haven't got the pause option in a dialogue option you actually have to pick between two but you have to pick quickly yeah so so it's like you're making an awkward pause if you leave it too long who do you really love and it's like uh, so you can't just sort of like pause it on that screen for ages and think about the pros and cons you actually really got to make a gut decision I think that that adds to the world immersion, yeah. Yeah. certainly, yeah, potentially sure. the emotional immersion, because you are now living out the yeah, real term. decisions that you would as the character Geralt in ter- in terms of making making those decisions. Obviously, for me, it's Triss. That's that's the woman I really love. In, not, the, in, not the, in the Witcher too, like you can only choose Triss or the uh, Succubus if you have the exp- the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> It's Triss or Succubus. <laughs> Succubus? <laughs> well, that'd be Trishubus. <laughs> oh, God. That's uh, like a really weird Roman general. Um, yeah. I think Kim made some nice points there. Yeah, but definitely... I think that... Uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me that's come out of the, the comment that's come out of this is the difference between intellect. I, I keep looking at Raymond's computer and kind of gesturing towards. Tell the, us the answers. As, as as the as like the audience. The, the no, as like the um, keeper of knowledge. No, the Guy uh, keeps the you. no, the avatar oh, of computer-based you. RPGs. Ah, well, Steam is up at the moment. So. Yeah, so I'm just like. Point, gesturing over there and going intellectual immersion meaning computer based RPGs and emotional immersion for tabletop RPGs that's what I that's the realisation that has come out of this discussion for yeah. me do you have a, a main realisation that has come out of this discussion for you he really enjoyed that kebab oh, fuck that was a good kebab or have you like I was fully immersed in that kebab uh, <laughs> I think the kebab is fully immersed in you but Loving it. Um, yeah, there's some good points I hadn't considered, but I'm more or less where I was before. I haven't really had an epiphany, okay. so to speak. I have what I enjoy about both games, and they differ. Hmm. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting the way we both in, we all engage. The way we we are. 
yeah, the differences in engagement with and uh, the different types of games, even though they are arguably part of the same uh, genre of storytelling, um, in that they are both they're, they're RPGs or whatever. Um, the ways in which they different differentiate um, are just in the ways you consume them mm. um, and things like that. Who but you consume them with? Yeah, indeed. You know the way in which a, a, a tabletop RPG is inherently social, whereas a computer RPG can be a, a solo experience. Um, even though you often end up just talking about it with other people anyway. Mm. You know, just comparing choices and things like that. I don't think I've ever like compared choices in an RPG to someone else, but that's probably because we've never really run a like published campaign before. Like if we Indeed. ran something like Masks of Nilo for Tap. So much more individualized as well yeah. for tabletop. Mm. Like really. Did you have any kind of like realizations from this discussion? Not really. I was just trying to bring up things that you guys hadn't considered because yeah. you're immersed in well, RPGs differently to I am. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> that was my real goal. I wanted to bring up like edge cases and things like that, like the stuff about replay and how we don't in the modern in the modern world of tabletop RPGs we don't normally think about, you know, replaying scenarios that much, but like there were people that used to play the same scenario over and over again, so So strange. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely opened my eyes about a few different things. I'm glad we had this chat. I'm also glad we had this chat. chat. Um, it's happening again. <laughs> I've forgotten the exit. Yeah, you said you said your name. Oh, um, anyway, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm well. Thank uh, you. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to it, the Crusading Couch. Couch. Oh, I stuffed that up so badly, listeners. I'm sorry.